Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me today is not Greg Dutcher. We have a wonderful stand-in, been on the podcast before, Andrew Landis. How you doing today, man? What's up, Nathan? Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Uh, last time we had you on, I think it was over a year ago, we talked about Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it was Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was the day. Yep, that was the day. Yep. So, awesome. It's great to have you back. Um, Andrew, just... Real quick, want to give you a few minutes to refresh the audience about yourself, um, who you are, what you do, because you've actually changed jobs since the last time we've uh, spoken. So yeah, I have. Go ahead and uh, give a, give a brief update on yourself. Yeah. Well, my name is Andrew. Um, I live in Baltimore County, and uh, I lead worship at Christ Fellowship Church here, where uh, Nathan attends and Greg pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time we talked, I was actually – I was the worship guy mm-hmm. uh, doing it every week. But now um, our team has grown wonderfully, and uh, we, we have a new guy that helps out on the podcast. You've heard him mention Josh Mitchell, but now he's kind of like the, the lead guy, uh, and I just lead worship uh, once a month now. But it's a, it's a wonderful transition, uh, I think, you know, for everything, the, the church and everybody. We've grown so much. Um, for money, I am a. I design uh, HVAC systems or the uh, control systems for HVAC. Um, do a lot of hospitals uh, type things, and um, so yeah, it's uh, it's okay. It pays the bills, you know. It provides, so that's that's the main goal with that. Um, nice, but yeah. So the next time you're in a hospital freezing the backside of your gurney off, you know uh, who to talk to. Yeah, talk to the uh, facility <laughs> manager there, not me. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and we're going to get to our other guest in uh, just a moment here. But first, want to make a quick plug for our sponsor, Olive Tree, Olive Tree Software. Great products. Um, you know, you've heard Greg mention so many times so many of the different capabilities things that you can do with them. You know, he's talked before about being able to have his Bible open as he's doing study and research and being able to jump into the commentaries, being able to jump into the maps and seeing all the different things that um, you're able to pull together and just utilize uh, by integrating all of the software together. So, um, you know, just again, uh, please make sure if you have any uh, olive tree needs. If you are a Bible study teacher, if you're a pastor, Sunday school, whatever you're doing, go ahead and jump on olive tree. Make sure you plug in our promo code sustain for a great savings from them. Uh, don't want to hesitate too long because we have so much to cover and want to dive right in here with, uh, Zach Bolin from the band saints or citizens and saints. Um, and Zach, how are you today? Doing well. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. So looking forward to this. Um, Zach, go ahead and talk to us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, what you do. Obviously, I mentioned you're in band, Citizens and Saints. We're going to talk about that primarily, but uh, give us a little bit of a personal bio about yourself. Yeah, so I um, I grew up I grew up in Maryland. Um, I After I graduated high school, I moved to Georgia. Um, and I went to an art school down there in Savannah, Georgia and, um, moved down there coming out of, after coming out, I grew up in the church. Um, but, uh, I didn't leave with a great taste in my mouth. So, um, on my way down, I was just praying that God would 
allow me to be a part of a church that embraced me as family. And uh, I discovered a church down there that was really, really sweet. And um, so uh, while I was in college, I served there and attended there. And then eventually, uh, certainly not my intent, uh, eventually wound up working there. <laughs> um, nice. And cool. so that that was pretty – there was a lot of really great things that came from that over the years. And then um, fast forward a few years later, um, my family and I wound up moving out to – and that time I got married and we had a, a kid or two in that time. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then we moved out to Seattle, Washington, and um, I became a worship director at Mars Hill Church. And uh, we were part of Mars Hill for about three years. And then um, eventually I resigned from Mars Hill. Um, and in that time, we had two more kids. We have four now. Mm. Um, and awesome. from that point, we just decided with the band that we would just go full time and and uh, and do things sort of uh, more um, just focused. You know, in the past, like with the band, the band formed at Mars Hill. Like my first mm-hmm. two weeks there, I met two of the guys in the band and, it, and the band started. So it was a pretty uh, quick process. And we just immediately just started writing and arranging um, lots of really, really cool stuff came from that. So, um, from there we, you know, we eventually began to write original songs and then post Mars Hill, <clears throat> some of that changed just cause we weren't a part of the same church anymore. Um, all of us kind of wound up at different places. So the priorities changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of brings us up to today with, uh, this current record that we're releasing. Um, it's a little bit different, it's a good bit different, <laughs> I should say, from anything else we've done. Um, and, and it's been pretty intentional too, um, just given the fact that our whole, uh, I guess church world in a way has been turned upside down over the past few years. And so there's been a lot of really great things that we've been learning through the process that it just wound up making its way onto this record. Nice. And we, we are going to, uh, just explore some of that stuff a little bit more. Um, but real quick, just, you know, want to make a plug, um, September 16th. Uh, so we're actually recording this podcast, um, on September 6th, we're going to release it Tuesday, September 13th and Friday, September 16th is when the album releases a mirror dimly. Um, so, you know, just want to make the audience aware of, you know, what's going on and, you know, just make sure that they're going to go out and get it. So we will be, uh, we will be mentioning the name and the release date quite a bit on this podcast so that it gets into people's minds, um, when they can get it. But, um, yeah, Andrew want to turn it over to you. Cause I know you've got some, uh, you've got some questions for Zach here. So, um, go ahead and, and take it. We'll just kind of go through, uh, a little bit about yourself, maybe get to know you a little bit better. Um, yeah. first of all, so, uh, I guess in, in the past, the question used to be what's on your iPod, but now in the days of streaming music, I guess it's what, <laughs> what are you listening to? Uh, you know, what's, what's on your latest Spotify playlist? <laughs> uh, listening to, I'm a little late to the party, but, <laughs> um, this, the record that came out two years ago, edit the editor's record. Um, I'm really into that right now. Uh, oh man. So my kids, uh, about a year ago, watched space jam for the first time. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, that, son, you know, that website still exists. Spacejam.com. It's, it's still it's like there. the oldest, yeah. I think it's the oldest website. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my son, he's two is obsessed with, I believe I can fly. Nice. So, and he actually believes he can fly. <laughs> 
uh, anyway, awesome. so there's uh, there's a huge wide there's a wide range in there. But that uh, that editor's record I've listened to a lot. I really like this band Motorama. They're kind of just like a Joy Division esque band. Um, oh, nice. And so yeah, I. I, those are probably the two records I've listened to. This other, like, I'm not sure much about her, but it's kind of like a pop, indie pop thing, but her name's Shora. Really okay. like her record. It's good. So. Worth checking out if you haven't checked any of those. Yeah, out. I'll, I'll have to look them up because I haven't heard of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know some pretty obscure bands, but um, cool. Uh, so uh, let's move on. Um, if somebody has never heard your music before how would you describe it to them oh man uh it's it's difficult to describe yeah uh well okay i would say generally uh we are a gospel band um we don't like to put ourselves in the worship category Mm -hmm. and that's that's mainly because it's probably more me than anybody else in the band i just kind of have always struggled with that title mm-hmm. right. um, mostly because I think that when you really think when you like define what worship is mm-hmm. it just seems a bit odd to me to right. have music that would be called that because worship isn't just music um, it's all of life mm-hmm. and whether we're worshiping God or not like we're worshiping something and so um, so and then you know we don't call ourselves a Christian band Again, because I think it's like turned into more of like a brand and more of like a utilitarian right. purpose. And so we just say gospel band because it's more um, – that kind of defines like sort of what we're singing about right. and who we are. Mm-hmm. And then just musically, we would describe ourselves as sort of an indie alternative rock band. Um, I think that's probably – because we're not really a – like we've – we had once – we always say that we're like a Christian one-hit wonder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we had one Christian radio song that – was on radio for a long time uh but past that they never really wanted anything else that we had so um (laughs) and honestly we're okay with that i mean they were i mean the one station that really pushed it initially was a bigger station in the u.s and so they they really helped to to make that happen and that was really cool they supported us well Mm -hmm. and i think it just became more apparent that our music just wasn't a great fit for that and it's because we weren't really writing for it and so it was a pretty fair critique of our music and so yeah i think that now we just like to say we're a gospel band you know if i'm out at the park and hang with my kids and some person comes up like what do you do I'm like i play in a band <laughs> yeah what kind That's of music cool. do you play gospel music gospel what? nice and immediately, yeah. immediately they look at me like yeah. <laughs> they think i'm what? talking you know like you know, like Southern you know, gospel, Southern yeah. gospel yeah. or black gospel yeah. or something. Yeah. And, well, and that's actually, that's something that I was going to ask you about. So typically do you find that when you answer that question, gospel, you have to nuance it with, you know, like the indie alternative stuff so that people get more of an understanding. Oh, well they sing about the gospel, but this is kind of, you know, the, the type of, of music that they're playing. Do, do you find like that, helps clarify things with your music or maybe maybe i should clarify <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i kind of just like to leave it at that that's, the reason that's why cool. is because yeah. i mean i i just think oh man you know there's so much there's i mean when you really go back to it i mean i you know at the turn of the you know going into the 
the twentieth century, we had you know hymn writers who were you know they kind of started coining the phrase gospel songs. Yeah, and that didn't just come from you know like you know a couple of white people got the credit for that. That's not, <laughs> just a couple. Not, yeah, you know it's that's not really like how it all began. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that for us. To me, there's something really special. I just really like honoring history and tradition. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you say gospel song, it it's like we're not writing hymns, so it's not really yeah. fair to call it a hymn. Mm-hmm. We're not writing in that style. But I do think to call it a gospel song is, to me, is, it's just kind of like you're not pulling any punches. Mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so some people might think, oh, yeah, okay, so what style? And then if mm-hmm. they ask, then sure, we'll tell them. But a lot of times people – just I think it almost like catches them off guard right because it seems like a lot of times with bands and this is where I kind of got bummed out you tell someone oh we're a worship band mm-hmm. if they're not a Christian they're like what are you mm-hmm. talking about? yeah you know? yeah like I don't what is that so you like what do you do like you play songs you know mm-hmm. and they don't even you know if you if you've never really gone to church like if you if you grew up going to any type of more liturgical or traditional liturgical church then it's like probably not a contemporary contemporary music so then Mm -hmm. it's like whoa what what do you mean so then if you say christian rock it's like oh man you immediately get put into like a category right then yeah then you're in (laughs) oh that music (laughs) Um, so i don't know i just i think by calling it gospel music it might be confusing to some because that's a genre in itself yeah it is unfortunately because like you said you know you don't want to say you're a worship band because that's you know that's one thing and then if you say you're a gospel band then that's another thing you know not really You know the the connotation of that isn't really who you guys are, but yeah, it's it's interesting to try to describe who you are. You yeah, know? and sometimes I'll say like gospel rock that helps people. There you just go. Like, nice. You know, I used to say I used to say alt gospel, uh, <laughs> and then it's like wait, wait, so an alternative alternative. Gospel. Gospel. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah. Say about it. <laughs> nice. Um, it so let me. I mean, let me ask you this real quick. Um, do you, I mean, I've listened to your music and I really enjoyed it, by the way. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a, um, you know, early, uh, release to be able to listen to the songs that are coming out on the record. Um, I, to me, it doesn't really seem like it would fit in a Sunday service. Is that a fair assessment? Like this is something that I really enjoyed listening to Mm -hmm. while I was sitting down at my house. But so, you know, when you say worship music, you know, and I can see why you wouldn't say that because typically when you think worship music, Mm -hmm. at the very least, you're thinking, okay, I'm singing this in church on Sunday. Exactly. And, and this did, it doesn't really seem to fit that mold. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, totally. And I mean, part of that, I guess it's all depends on where you are too. I Mm -hmm. mean, even our other stuff, was definitely more congregational in nature, mm-hmm. but not every church. It just the church we go to now, like Post Mars Hill. I mean, um, I mean, it, I, my first two Sundays there, I remember just being like, "Whoa, <laughs> none of our songs would work here." <laughs> and so I think that that really. So I would say this new record is worship. Uh, I would say this new record is is every bit as. Um, what would the word I be like um inviting mm-hmm. from like a participatory standpoint as any of our other records it's just in a more personal way and less of mm-hmm. a con- congregational gotcha. or corporate setting yeah oh, cool. uh, but yeah I definitely do I mean 
none, I never, I didn't sit down thinking about any of the songs as, oh, well, this would be a cool song for the church to sing. Sure. It was mm-hmm. less like this on this record in particular. It was more like, this is what we want to sing about, and so that's what these songs are gonna, you know, that's what these songs are gonna be, yeah. and they and they came out that way. And I do think there's some songs on there that churches might do. Yeah. So. Cool. And once again, we're talking to Zach Bolin um, from the group Citizens and Saints, and their record, uh, Mirror Dimly, will be releasing September 16th, so this Friday. Um, Andrew, you wanted to have another thought yeah, or question? Yeah, you, you said that uh, you know you, you saw the other songs, I, I think, in your past two albums. Um, would you sing those at, at Mars Hill? Because that's like my only reference is is those two albums, and not uh, yeah. I didn't hear your your new stuff yet. I guess that Nathan has. So, yeah. So, is what is it like in comparison? Or well, no, I'm just asking. Though, so you're you're saying those were more congregational? Yeah, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those first two records were written. I mean, and and that's because we became a band at the church, gotcha. and our our goal was to write songs for the church to sing. And that's just changed some. And yeah. that's not because we don't value that. It's just because we're a part of different churches and we'd almost have to just pick one congregation to try and write songs for, mm-hmm. which seems a little bit disingenuous when we're all not a part of that same one. Right. And so we just said, we just decided like, well, let's just write songs about the conversations we're having or the things that we're experiencing personally. And if they wind up being, if churches find them to be helpful, like in a corporate setting, great, but. We just mm-hmm. can't possibly, you know, paint that wide. You know, like we don't yeah. have that wide of a brush to right. just like paint across like all the different churches that we were a part of. Because that's what uh, the people that we were worshiping with every week that they were influencing those songs that we we're writing. Yeah. And now that's just changed so dramatically. And so yeah. we just thought, hey, let's let's actually just let's do something again. Let's the same concept and idea. It's just with a different approach. Yeah. Now, at, before you guys were um, at Mars Hill, so you were obviously um, same denomination, same congregation. Have you guys kind of dispersed into different denominations um, since you've left Mars Hill, or is it kind of same reform type denomination, but, um, you know, yeah. go ahead. All of us, I think all of us actually have landed at reformed type churches mm-hmm. not even necessarily intentionally mm-hmm. um i think it's just i mean you know marcel had a really big influence on seattle for a lot of years i mean in particular on the reform side so there's a lot of church plants and stuff that have been i mean there's a lot of churches in seattle that are exist um have existed for the past maybe 10 or less years mm-hmm. and a major a majority of them of the leaders of those churches used to work at Mars Hill or were somehow, you know, mm-hmm. interned or affiliated with the church. So Mars wow. Hill has definitely played a big part in that too. Not necessarily sending those people out because unfortunately <laughs> uh, two of those churches that come to mind that are one of them in particular that one of the guys goes to uh, or two of them actually, two of the different churches were both uh, not great situations <laughs> <Great situations. laughs> yeah. when those people left, right. uh, unfortunately, because the leadership was not too kind to them for mm-hmm. wanting to go plant churches. So, wow. uh, which is crazy, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, you know, we, we all are a part of reformed, you know, like 
as far as like the reform tradition goes, like a part of churches that um, where that's the primary like foundation of their um, sure. interpretation yeah. of scripture. Nice. And yeah. And um, yeah, it's funny you say how your congregation kind of shapes your, uh, your music, your writing process and everything. Yeah, Cause totally. you know, the, all those Mars Hill, uh, I can really hear kind of, um, I guess, you know, the same string or the same vein, I guess. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the right word for it is, but you can hear the influence, uh, through, you know, King's Kaleidoscope, Dustin Kensrue, Ghost Ship, yep. all those guys, you can kind of like, yeah, they, these, all these bands kind of fit together, you know, and that's it, kind of neat to have that, uh, that outpouring of music that that's like written for the congregation, but for the, you know, the greater global congregation to enjoy yeah. as well. It's so true, man. Yeah. So, and it might be different for some, like with Dustin, mm-hmm. with Modern Post, I mean, that's just him. So, I mean, like right. for him, he could write songs just for his church or like Ghost Ship, they're all still a part of the same church. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but like for us and Kings, like uh, like Chad, the lead singer of Kings Kaleidoscope, we're a part of the, he he and I are both, our families are a part of the same church, but his, but his band, they're all part of different churches as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it would make sense that our bands in particular have wound up maybe seeing the most change and that's just because we're not all a part of the same place anymore Mm. yeah that's cool zach could you uh do us a favor and just give us a current um lineup of the people in the in your band and and you know what they do Um, yeah totally so um our keyboard player brian eichelberger um, he has been in the band for three years. He also has produced all of our records, um, including all of the Marcel music records. Um, oh, wow. so from the first EP, which I think was, yeah, it was a King's Kaleidoscope EP. It might've been the sin EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all the way to the very end when there was, uh, they did a Northwest collective, I think is what they wound up calling it eventually, but it was supposed to be Marcel music live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he produced every record that uh that came out in that span three four to five year span uh so he he um he's such a great um just part of what we do and um has been so influential and then spencer abbott he plays electric guitar and the band and he also led a mars hill band for a couple of years called kin mm-hmm. um and so that's been it's really cool like he's got a really great um, background as far as his his musical style um, that just fits really well with what we're trying to do. Nathan Furtado, he plays bass. Uh, he's from the Bay Area, originally moved up to Seattle, and I met him two weeks, actually, into being at uh, Mars Hill. He showed up at a college night, and nice. he, was with these, nice. he was with these two other girls who the one girl wanted to come up and talk to me because she was a singer. And I just, because she was a singer and they said they were both from this Bible college up the road, I just assumed that, like, maybe all of them were musicians of some kind. Mm -hmm. So I like look at Nate and I'm like, I don't know him yet. I'm like, do you play something? And I could just tell like, he just did not want to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Something about Marcel was giving him weird vibes. But anyway, he eventually eventually told me to play bass and he wound up joining the band like a month later. And he, you know, they, they, he and his wife were a part of that church uh, with us for a long time. And then uh, Adam Scatula, he uh, is our drummer. And he is um, he moved out to Seattle to work at, actually at Tooth and Nail Records. Cool. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, he 
was I, I guess you could say he and I were technically the first members of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, he and I, uh, or, or, or he, um, now he just moved to Colorado to start a pastoral residency there. So he's oh, going nice. to eventually plant a church, but in the meantime, wow. he's going to keep doing the band and everything. So it's pretty cool. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, you know, let's dive into this new album. Uh, it's called A Mirror Dimly. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about it, um, what your inspirations were uh, writing it? And um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, simply put, the record, it's a concept record and it's about, um, really, it's about our search for clarity. And I think that transcends um, like all of humanity. I think mm-hmm. everybody searches. Yeah. Um, we all find different things and we all discover different things and different experiences and circumstances inform oftentimes what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the record is less about like trying to necessarily be a record for Christians, although it is from that perspective. Right. Uh, it is more meant to show the camaraderie that we have as humanity and that we all feel things. And so um, when we experience pain, it's not that because we're Christians and we have hope in Jesus that we don't feel that. Mm. Right. And I think that sometimes, or when we doubt, when we say, well, you know what, that thing in the Bible, that just, that can't be true. You know, someone that maybe, mm. maybe that'd be their reason to not believe God. Yeah. If we're honest, like there's things, I mean, I, I would be, I don't know. I, I think that you have to be willing to like, go there sometimes and say yeah there there are things in the bible that are very difficult to understand case in point jesus spoke in parables and he always had to interpret them (laughs) Um, and so i think that like i think that that is really important for us to remember so again it's like recognizing our humanity and that it's not that because we're christians that we receive this secret key into Mm -hmm. understanding like the mysteries of of life and of death and of who God is like it's the complete opposite of that it actually just shows us like I feel like the gospel just shows us how um, how really how small we are mm-hmm. and in and, and relationship to God that we're not as big as we thought we were we're not as powerful as we thought we were we're not as good as we thought we were and God shows us who we are when we compare ourselves to his goodness yet he doesn't yeah. he doesn't he doesn't like use that against us. Yeah. Instead, he calls us one of his own. Amen. Instead, he, you know, Jesus's righteousness is on us and he looks at, at us as as, you know, as one of his. Yeah, so the record, you know, all in all is really less about it's less about um how we um how we I don't know. I I guess I just got to the point when I realized that we just aren't very honest in the church mm-hmm. about where we are. Um, I think that is often the result of um, a lot of leaders who just really struggle to be super honest with yeah. their congregations because out of fear. Mm-hmm. And I've been there um, before. Yeah. But I do think that if we were more honest with each other, we'd, we'd have more conversations about doubt. What I experienced and what I had done to other people is when they'd bring doubt and this is probably, I hadn't really thought about it in this way, but it was probably a result of my own insecurities and my own doubts. But someone would bring a doubt and they would have a good point. And I would just almost just give them like a stack of 10 books, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, go read these and this yeah. will fix your problem. <laughs> and so, you know, that doesn't work, right? Uh, I don't know, though. Sometimes it does. No, but you can give them an album called yeah. Amir Dimly and that will fix all their problems. <laughs> yeah. And lead them straight Take to Take this Christ. record. Yeah. This, this <laughs> yes, you will understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think that with this record, it was less about, hey, it doesn't need to be all about you know, trying to be PC, it's it's okay to leave things a little left left undone because I think that's how the Christian life is. I mean, in in all honesty, it's it's pretty. I don't know. I've actually it'd be kind of a weird conversation to have with someone on their deathbed, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to know. Like, I mean, even up to the point of death, I'm I'm assuming there's still doubts. There's still things that we struggle with. Yeah. And the thing is, is that um, that doesn't change who God is. Yeah. You know. Our own insecurities and our own inabilities don't change God's ability. Yeah. It doesn't change God's ability to love us. And I think that that is really what this record is 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 getting at, is that we're on a journey, and this journey is the life of being a believer in a God who we don't see, mm-hmm. um, a God who at certain points in our life feels so close and at other points feels so far away and distant, Yeah, a, a God who at sometimes... It's almost like we can hear him speak, and other times it's like, "Where are you?" Yeah, you know. And I think that that is really what this record is about. It's it's hopefully encouraging to people, and maybe as they listen to different songs, I, I kind of feel like there's different on ramps. Like every song mm-hmm. is a different on ramp because certain songs might be like, "Yep, this really speaks to where I'm at right now." But it seems like so far, the majority of people have said that the songs that deal with like being tired uh, from just like running ourselves into the ground with uh, you know, not trusting God or just doubt the songs about doubt. Yeah. Those songs so far seem to be the ones that people are really I'm getting the most like text messages about or nice. emails about or messages. And I think it's just because um, there's something about hearing it in, in music. I, I just mm-hmm. kind of realized like we have a lot of sermons about doubt, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of like apologetics type stuff. There's not a whole lot of music. Yeah. That yeah. Things about that. So that's, that was, you know, I'm really pleased with how it all came together. Yeah, it's it's such a refreshing uh, perspective on you know on writing a Christian album, you know, because you turn on the radio and everything's just like, oh, just be happy because you know God is my boyfriend and all this crap, you know, yeah. that's out there, and and uh, yeah. just to, to to have an album that just speaks to like universal truths, like not all of us are happy all the time, and it's not, you know, the Christian life isn't about god making you happy it's not like oh you're down and out just turn to god and you'll be happy it's it's turn to god and you'll have hope doesn't mean you'll be happy but you'll have hope you know and yeah uh, it's it's not about that that feeling you get it's just about you know the the overall uh the spectrum of of you know knowing that he's there that he's been through all this yeah and, and that he's got your back you know and and yeah. um that ultimately because we're screwed up, that's why he saved us. And um, I think Greg says it a lot. He says, you know, uh, this is Christianity's, you know, one of the only religions that it's a requirement to be screwed up. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Like the, the only reason, the only way, way you'll really fully understand God's greatness is when we understand how not great we are. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, the thing that you kind of hit on, that like Christianity isn't just all happy. Mm-hmm. I think we 
at the same time, though, I feel like um, one of my biggest regrets is kind of the way that we released our last record. Because I think there's a lot of great things about it. Mm-hmm. But we kind of re- – it was like we, re- we released like a wedding celebration album, uh, like comparatively, I would right. say. Mm-hmm. Not that it was that. But it's like releasing – it's like um, – I don't know it's pretty rare that you know it was like we were releasing a wedding celebration when like the last thing in your mind is like sadness during yeah. a funeral though mm-hmm. uh and so that didn't really i think connect a ton with people for that re- very reason at least with the people that were still hmm. part of mars hill mm. but i do think too when you look at passages like first corinthians 15 where we there's lots of songs about you know oh death where's your sting where's mm-hmm. your victory yeah. yeah but what we forget is that that passage isn't talking about it as if it's now. I mean, there is the kingdom theology aspect of the already not yet, but I'm Mm. not even necessarily convinced that that's exactly what this passage is getting at. Hmm. I don't think that it's necessarily trying to say we already have it. uh, We already have it, but we're waiting. I think it's just basically saying we don't even have that yet. Hmm. Like we don't even really know what the sweet taste of victory is. We we have idea of what it is, Mm -hmm. but we won't, we haven't really fully tasted in that and we won't until until we're resurrected uh, with Christ. And so I think that that to me is like a really good reminder as Christians and as like writers and as preachers or whoever, even just as people that we don't need to minimize like the things that people feel ultimately, like we should um, validate that and know that like, it's like joy is not, it's not a matter of feeling joy is really a matter of being. And I think that that being comes from the Holy spirit, like, bringing that about in us and the most rewarding times i feel like the most memorable times i'd say of Mm -hmm. experiencing joy for me have always been in the midst of pain yeah absolutely something to consider yeah that's that's a good segue into my my next question because um you know we talked about a lot of a lot about you guys being involved in mars hill and uh kind of getting your start there can you take us through a little bit what what it was like um you know, how the Mars Hill experience shaped you and, and ultra, ultimately the controversy that came out of that uh, and how that shaped your ministry to where you yeah. guys are at now. I mean, being at Mars Hill, uh, there were a lot of really wonderful things, um, really great friendships. My wife and I in our marriage, we grew while being at Mars Hill. I feel like I mm-hmm. grew as a just a Christian um, being at Mars Hill. I also feel like I picked up some habits that I wish I wouldn't have, that mm. I'm trying to kick now. <laughs> mm. um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, um, you know, you're, you hang around enough with a bunch of people who like, who smoke, eventually it's going to be like, well, I don't want to be the one out anymore. I'm just going to join in, you know, right, like, right. <laughs> whatever. You kind of pick up this habit for really like, it, it seems like the most like trivial and stupid reasons. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt like with some of the things that I picked up at Mars mm. Hill, like, thinking that we were the best church in the world mm. or, um, you know, thinking that our music was better than other people's mm. music mm-hmm. or, well, yeah. or thinking that, thinking that, uh, you know, Mark was, was the hope of Mars Hill church, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Yeah. Like I just had to like rid myself of those things. And there's lots of other things I'm still ridding myself of. Yeah. So I, so at the same time, it's like, it's easy. I think still, I think there's a lot of people that post Marcel, I would say as a, uh, encouragement to them. Um, I think there's a lot of people that have been bumming out for a long time 
who weren't that close to the source and it, <laughs> and it's time for them to just like maybe move on a little bit mm-hmm. um you know i i i like i not to i feel like to still validate everything that they felt but mm-hmm. also know that like in order to move forward you have to make steps you just can't keep standing in the same place like you've got to make progress toward something better and know that like mars hill does not define Mm-hmm. Every single, you know, it doesn't, you can't project yeah. your experience at Mars Hill on every single other church. Yeah. yeah. But that was the challenge coming out of Mars Hill. So for me, even it was sort of like, um, okay, well, every mega church must be bad. You know? mm. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it definitely influenced me in a lot of good ways, but also in some of those ways too, that affected the way this album was written. But also too, like for my family and I coming out of it, we were a part of. We, I've been, I've worked at three mega churches. Those are the the three mega churches I worked at were the only three I ever attended. Okay. Um, and my wife grew up at a big one as well, so it was her fourth. And so for us coming out of Mars Hill, it was sort of like, you know what? We just kind of feel like we've seen enough. Mm-hmm. And it's not that mega churches are inherently bad. There are lots of really great things about them and lots of really wonderful people and leaders. We mm-hmm. just decided that for us, we did not feel like we wanted to be a part of that any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's another thing that really influenced this record because when you're part of a big church, you immediately have a captive audience that you know, like you write a song and there's going to be thousands of people that will sing it because right. you'll write a song to the other church. Instant record sales. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like built you know? into the whole formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, you remove that, which we have, you know, it has been removed, like, yeah. um, you know, whether we wanted it that or not, it's it's been removed mm-hmm. from the equation. And so you kind of remove that, and you're like, whoa, okay, uh, we don't have that same captive audience anymore. Right. And so, like, the, you know, there were certain, I don't think that, like, overall, I can't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for myself. I mean, it was never for me, like, oh, my gosh, I just want to grow. I want our band to be huge. Yeah. Or, like I think Mark wanted that more. He he actually I know he did. You know the leadership oh, yeah. wanted our bands to be bigger than what we actually cared about. Mm-hmm. Like we all we really cared about was serving our our local churches and then writing really great songs. At least that was the hope. You mean you didn't start a reformed Christian rock band to make a ton of money? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all my regrets. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, uh, you know, and that's the thing. It's like when Mark. Man, there's an interview where he's talking with somebody about how we're going to take over Christian music, and mm. I'm just like, barf. Even barf. back then, yeah. I was just like, ugh, I don't want to. I don't care about that. You know, yeah. like that's not what we care about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and so, and there's a lot of things that go even go in with that too. I mean, a lot of things we learned. Like I joked earlier about us being a Christian one-hit wonder. Mm. But one thing that's really interesting is that when we had a song called "Made Alive," that um, a lot of churches like still play it's really quite encouraging i mean especially for a song that you know wasn't written for christian radio and we assumed that other churches wouldn't play it right. because of its sound and lots of churches have played it so that's been very like whoa this is pretty cool you know i didn't yeah. see that coming and then for it to get picked up by christian radio and it was a number one song on this you know station air one mm-hmm. which you know they have millions and millions of listeners and it was the number one song for a lot of many many weeks and then wow. basically our leadership came in the radio station offered us like a really great opportunity to do a christmas show which is kind of yeah. cool like on the like a live christmas show on the radio that's neat uh, who, what radio station does that like they just loved us and loved what right. we do <laughs> and we had it all lined up and the leadership was just like can't do it 
Hmm. And so that's the kind of interesting thing about it that never really made sense is they wanted this thing for us. But then once we would start to work towards something that we weren't even trying to make happen, like we Mm -hmm. didn't push for Made Alive to blow up. It was just a radio, a music director liked the song. She thought it was great, and she started playing it, and then that's all it took. You know? mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really grateful for those people, but that's kind of the other interesting thing we took from it was that you know, we didn't have to play the game. We weren't playing a game yeah. when we started doing this. We don't need to start playing a game. Mm-hmm. We just need to be who we are. Like We don't need to try and, and uh, win over a bunch of people to get them to like our music. We should just make what we make, know that you know, love what we make, and hopefully other people will love it too. Yeah, and I, I really I love that philosophy because I'm I do I don't listen to Christian radio <laughs> uh, or any radio for that matter, but um, I because it's you you have these people who are making hits just to make hits, you know, and and uh, you know when when you understand when you talk to uh, people who are who are in the industry, you know, such as yourself, and I, you know I have a couple other friends who are in Christian bands and. and uh, you know, they're they're just like they suck Jesus out of, you know, the music. They suck the soul because it's like they're just trying to produce these hits. And and uh, what I think what a lot of people don't understand about, um, and you know, not all not all artists are. I'm not saying you know the artists who are are involved in you know this are are bad or anything. I'm just saying that you know some of the uh, some secular labels have stock in the success of the Christian music industry as well. So they're, you know, know, so they're, they're more interested in, in making music that will sell rather than the art of it, you know, and, and uh, what, what you guys are doing is, is just fantastic. You know, just being real, you know, with your music. It's awesome. Well, we definitely don't think we're the only ones. Right. There's a lot of great bands out there doing, doing what we're doing and, I think that's why we like to call ourselves a gospel band because we feel like what we're doing is a little bit different from what maybe some of the other bands in the Christian um, industry are doing. Not saying that we're better than them. Um, it's more that we're just offering something, I think, that's a little bit different. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. We are um, running down on time here, but real quick, um, just want to make another plug. Um, Zach Bolin uh, interviewing you from uh, Citizens and Saints. Um, your album uh, is going to be released on September 16th, Amir Dimly. Um, Zach, if you could, just uh, before we um, before we close up, can you just um, let us know, because um, we have listeners from all over the country, uh, all over the world actually, who um, tune in to catch what we're doing. Um, just off the top of your head, do you know of uh, upcoming uh, venues you're going to be playing at, um, concerts you're going to be at? So if people can catch you, you know they can go ahead and, and uh, try to grab a ticket in their local areas. Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so we're going to be uh, doing a tour this coming fall with a band called King's Kaleidoscope. It's called it's called the Live Love Tour, and uh, there will actually be a couple other bands with us too on that. Um, and and we're starting on the West Coast here uh, next week actually. And then we'll head out to the Midwest and the East, Northeast, and then hopefully we will be heading uh, to some other parts of the U.S. as well. So in the new year, um, so yeah, I mean, go to live lived love tour dot com, <laughs> or you can go to our website citizensandsaints.com, 
And on there, you'll see our music, you'll see our, um, as we post tour dates, and you can get tickets or at least look in to see if that's something you'd like to to come out and, and support us in. And we'll also, uh, later in the year, since you're talking internationally, uh, next year we'll be in uh, Australia a time or two for sure once, and so we're Sweet. excited about that as well. Nice. And we'll make sure that um, we get those websites posted on the show notes so that people can just go ahead and uh, click on them and link directly Great. to them so that um, thank you. So that way they, you know, easy yeah. access to it. So, um, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. This has been uh, so much fun. Really appreciate yeah. it. Um, Andrew, thank you for filling in for Greg. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It was a blast. <laughs> Loved being here. Yeah, great job, man. Good questions. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead. We're going to sign off now. Andrew, Zach, we just rock the Casbah. Citizen style. These go to 11. <laughs>